Hey, everybody, it's Anne here. Uh, just a quick note before we get started. We know it's been a long time since we've posted an episode, but we have a really good reason. It's because we were judging the Sarah Awards, which the winners are up online, and you can come to the ceremony at the end of March. Check it out. And also, Martin had a baby, a little baby boy. Congratulations, Martin. Welcome to the world little Harold. And if any of you want to send Martin a postcard saying welcome to the world, little Harold, which is H-A-R-A-L-D. Yeah. Send it, uh, send us some postcards because we loved getting the ones that we got from uh, Lee Reese and somebody who sent one from the uh, East Wing of the National Gallery in Washington, D.C. Anyways, enjoy the show. Morning. Okay, so what are we going to do? I was just thinking that maybe you could just say, like, uh, we're listening to Serendipity. Mm-hmm. Like, and these are the programs that we're going to do. So, this is Serendipity. This is Serendipity. And Martin sounds like he's in space. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> On today's show, we're going to be featuring the work uh, uh, called... It's a series called Outer Reach, and it was put together by uh, Nick White. And who's Nick? Who are you? I uh, created the Outer Reach. Describe the world of Outer Reach. Well, it's it's the world of Outer Reach is the Outer Reach all takes place in kind of one shared galaxy uh, space travel is pretty common uh, but there are a lot of real problems with that people are just finding that you know traveling across the galaxy is not as easy as you might think uh, the first story is called The Topiary it's up by uh, Katya Apakina and it's kind of a bizarre love triangle in space it's about two guys who have been tending this Oh, don't, oh, yeah, sorry. don't give it too much. Okay. I, I like the idea of, like, it's it's like a love triangle in space. Great, okay. So say that, but, like, definitively. Sure. It, it, the Topiary is by Katya Apikina. It's kind of like a bizarre love triangle out in space. and the branches of the topiary. It's so quiet now. Before Michael and I start chopping and sawing and shoveling the plants. Really don't know what they're going to put here after we leave. I mean, the planet's too small for a factory too far away from everywhere else to be a good military base. We're on the edge of the galaxy. So it doesn't get any further out than this. How big ships come this way. 
just the tourist shuttles. Before coming here, I didn't think quiet like this was even possible. I mean, you can hear each leaf in the breeze. At first, I was so used to noise that I didn't know how to listen. I don't know if that makes sense. It really took me months to, to really learn to listen, to pay attention. Like right now, if I focus hard, I can hear Michael. He's on his run. He does a lap around the equator. Right now he's about, I don't know, three quarters of the way down. Something like that. I wonder if he'll still run on the next planet they assign him. What does it matter? What are the chances that I'll even be there to hear it? Anyway, <clears throat> shouldn't think about the end. I should be recording what I actually want to remember. <clears throat> okay. Why don't I give you a tour? This, um, this is basically what I do with all the visitors coming in on the shuttle. So, here we go. Uh, on the right is the maze that Michael's been working on. He has to use a special ladder to trim the tops of these walls because they're just so tall. He was really disappointed when he learned that he wouldn't get to finish it. how to describe this. But the hedges, um, they get really dense. Like, like nothing you see on other planets. It makes it so easy to get lost. We're standing in the mouth of it now. Hello? Hello. I love how things sound here. It changes, too, the deeper you go in. Hello? Can you hear that? I probably shouldn't go any further. I may not find my way back. I have a tendency to get lost. Maybe Michael can give you a tour later, a more thorough one. He's really good at explaining his work. He's brilliant. I mean, he really, he really is brilliant. Okay. Um, <clears throat> out here on the left, these are some of my uh, topiary sculptures. Let's see. Um, uh, well, this one is one of two guys sharing an umbrella. They look so cozy, just huddling there, staying dry together. That, that's one thing I've missed. It doesn't rain here. Ever. Do you know what the name of our galaxy is? Andromeda, right? I don't know. I was hoping you'd tell me. Yeah, no, I'm not a scientist. <laughs> 
I mean, you know, the Milky Way is the one that you can see from when you're out, you know, away from the city lights. Right. Uh, yeah. Martin, when you think about space, what do you think about? Well, if I think about space, I think about when I was a kid and it was winters uh, and my dad sometimes took me out and we would stand outside the house if the sky was clear and we would watch the, the Milky Way because we were living on the countryside because there was no other lights around. So if we, we turn off all the lights in the house, eventually your eyes adapted and you could see almost everything. Um, and I think about that. And then I think about my son, who's four, and he's grown up in a city, and I don't even know if he's, he's you know, recognized that there are stars out there or if it's just that artificial light that we all live in. Oh, interesting. You know, if I was being honest with myself, I'd like to imagine myself as someone who went out to the furthest reaches and, uh, you know, explored planets that hadn't been seen or hadn't been, uh, you know, hadn't really... Yeah, I'd like to think of myself as someone who went out to the furthest reaches and explored the planets that hadn't been seen yet. But if I'm being honest with myself, I'm probably someone who stayed closer to home. I don't think I would have stayed behind on Earth. In this in this galaxy, Earth, you know, it, as you'll see in one of the stories called Retention, Earth has been sort of uh, basically abandoned, and it's only computers living there. I don't think I would have stayed behind there, but I would have been in one of the closer planets uh, that hasn't been far, too far out. I'd, I'd probably try and seek comfort. This call may be recorded or monitored for quality assurance. My name is Lisa. To whom am I speaking? First name Perry with an E. Last name Mac. Spelt like it sounds. Thank you, Perry. How can I help you today? I want to disconnect my security system and close my account, please. I see. Just so we're on the same page, you're saying that you have some issues with your current service and you want to explore your options. Actually, that's not what I'm saying. I've decided to disconnect my security system and close my account. I understand. We know that your needs can change and that you want your services to reflect this. But we value your business and we hate to lose you. Before I can take care of this, I just need to verify your address. Sure. It's 12 McCarthy Loop, New Palo Alto. Great. To help you figure out your options, I'd like to ask you a few questions. Okay. I'm not sure why you need to ask me anything. I just want to cancel. It helps me put together a package that meets your budget and your needs. The price isn't the problem. It helps me to know that. What do you value the most in your current package? Again, I don't see why you need to ask this. Well, 
My job is to have a conversation with you about your service. With all due respect, I don't think your job involves having a conversation with me at all. I'd just like to cancel my account, please. Is that something you can do? Yes or no? If you want to cancel your account, you can easily go to your nearest customer service center and take care of it there. I don't want to go to a service center. Look, I've tried to cancel before, and this time, I really mean it. And before we go on, I want you to know that I'm recording this call, too. And I am timing how long it takes. Why? I want to get this on record. Can you disconnect me or not? If you tell me more about why you want to cancel, it will be easier for me to get you what you need. I'm declining to state why I'm canceling my account because I don't feel like getting drawn into a conversation. I'm trying to help... Look, are you filling out a form? That's fine. You can go on to the next question. I'm trying to help you. Perry. You can help me by disconnecting my service. How is that helping you? Because that's what I want. Are there other members of your household? No, there's no one. Why does that matter? Different customers have different needs. Even if it's just you, it helps if I have the full picture. What if I said I was moving? A lot of people are moving these days. Then I'd need your new coordinates to see if you're in our network. It's off-world. We provide services in the vast majority of sectors. Well, I'm not moving, but it shouldn't matter. It's just that this is an unusual request. How unusual? People always change their minds. Fine. If you want to ask me your questions, just go down the list. How would you say you use your security system? Be as detailed or as general as you like. I use it for everything, just like everyone else does. I'm going to read off a list of features, and you can rate them on a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being the best. Continuous streaming content with over 1 million free titles on demand. 10. High-speed data of up to 6 terabits per second. 10. Home environment and energy regulation. 10. Automated task and errand fulfillment. 10. It's all perfect. So you're satisfied with your service? Yes. Are we done? I'm sorry, but I'm a little confused. We're the top rank provider of security services in this quadrant. I can't see why you don't want something that works. Five minutes. Excuse me? We've been talking for five minutes, and you still haven't given me what I want. I think I understand. Based on what you've told me about your situation, I recommend that you upgrade at no extra charge to our premium service so you can continue to enjoy all your favorite features. May I upgrade your account to reflect these changes? No. Like I said, I want to cancel, but it sounds like you won't let me. That's not true at all. I'm happy to cancel your service if you give me a reason. I'm sorry, but that's none of your business. It's my business to know why our customers are leaving. You've been with us for a long time. Before we let you go, we want to make sure we've done everything we can. I want to disconnect because the security system is too effective. Excuse me? Not everyone wants to be secure. I want to be... I want to be unhappy again. That gives me something to work with. In order to serve you better, may I place you on hold for a moment? Okay. Would you ever go to space? 
No. I can hardly yeah. sit on an airplane. Um, oh, right. That's one thing we have in common. Yeah. I would have to have a lot of drugs, I think, to get there. Also, I, I think, no. you know, being in space would be interesting for about two minutes. And then you're like, okay, I got it. Uh, what happens now? <laughs> n- n- oh, nothing. Nothing happens in space. Well, that's nice. You know. Well, in Nick's space, a lot of things happen. The next story is called The Grand Prize. It's by Richard Haxton. I helped him write it a little bit. And it's about a down-on-his-luck down on guy who's awarded passage on a really fancy luxury liner. The kind of thing he's never been on before. Have you ever felt, like, uncomfortable in luxury? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, on a cruise ship. I mean, it's, this is sort of like a cruise ship in space. And, it, and weird things start happening to all the people around him, and then particularly Larry, the character. But... Uh, yeah, I, I've been on cruise ships a couple of times for work and uh, doing different shows there for, for my old job. And uh, I felt very uncomfortable around all the other people there, but it's kind of a weird time. It's a little bit of like tourism. It's important that while I still can, I tell you about how it all happened. So you can try to understand like I'm trying to understand. I remember that first day arriving at the launch station, looking up. I mean, this thing was amazing. It was big. Bigger than any ship I'd ever seen before. I mean, whoa. As soon as we got underway, Captain gathered all the passengers together and gave us a tour. They all looked like rich people to me. Had to be rich to take that ride. Wasn't so much the way they were dressed. You could just tell them standing around talking to each other, all reserve-like. Sure felt like I didn't belong there. Captain showed us the fancy new engines that were going to take us faster than the speed of light. They call them FTL engines. Huge, like everything else. And plated in gold. Or something that looked like gold. I'm thinking, are they serious with this shit? Perfectly safe, the captain said. Tried and true. He sounded like somebody auditioning to play the captain for a grade school play. Ah, but the cabin. Better than any hotel I'd ever stayed in. King-size bed. Big window. Could not believe the view. Galaxy Central News. Welcome to Galaxy Central News. I'm Caddy Albasan. Today marks the maiden voyage of the Lucindra, Galactic Commerce Corporation's recently completed tourist vessel. It's the first such ship outfitted with faster-than-light engines. FTL tech was previously restricted to unmanned government ships. Passage on the Lucindra isn't cheap, but Galcom raffled off tickets to two lucky low-income individuals. Galcom has not released the names of the winners. In related news, no court date has been set for the class action suit brought by members of the Langley colony. They say critical shipping routes to their colony are being disrupted due to travel restrictions related to the Lucindra's highly publicised preparations. When we left the port on Mars, we cruised for a few hours. 
When we went faster than light speed, I was expecting a lurch or maybe a jump or something when these big engines kicked in, but there was basically nothing, just a hum under my feet. Then I looked out and saw space moving past us. I don't know how to describe it. It looked like darkness and light at the same time. It made me feel like I just had some kind of high-energy drink that wired me up, but reminded me how tired I was. Got me thinking I was so connected I could see around corners. Back in my room, I started remembering things I hadn't thought about for a long time. All those things that led me to drive my life off into the ditch back home. But I was starting to feel like that was all in the past. Like everything was about my future now, all laid out right in front of me, like a big cafeteria. All I needed to do was reach out, grab what I wanted, take a bite. And then we have the Exodus program and you, and and then we have the Exodus program and you, and this story is really about what it's like to learn that your planet is going to be destroyed. So terrifying. But Do you think about that a lot? Do you think about the destruction of the planet a lot? I didn't until like, recently, and uh, this was written by Hunter Norris and Christian Gradelli. They wrote it before the current political situation. Uh, but it's sort of uh, interestingly, re- interestingly resonant now. But I also think what what is interesting about it is you can find humor in uh, in in the situation. You know what this what this piece kind of reminds me of is I, I think in the current political climate a lot of people's first instinct is to run and escape. And really, what I the feeling I've had lately is to stick around and. It reminds me that it's important to stay home and kind of defend what was important. When preparing the population of a preterminous planet, there are a variety of emotional reactions you can expect. We will prepare you for each of them. Denial. Mentioned, I'm calling in regards to the Exodus program. It's a free service provided by the department at times like these. Times like the what time? Dinner time? Uh, as you may be aware, your planet is due to be evacuated. Yeah. Okay. I, I heard about that. I just don't think we're there yet. I can assure you, our methods of prediction are sound. A number of tests are performed and performed again by our top scientists. We are not jumping the gun. We're trying to make sure you're safe when it happens. That's all. Yeah, but uh, how often do these guys even do these tests? I mean, I never hear about core implosions. When was the last one? 20 years ago? 30? It was actually five. Delta Talus system. No, 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 no. You guys are fear mongers. That's what this is. Sir, I'm only here to present you with your options. You guys are fear mongers. The government is offering exodus and relocation to a new home planet. We also offer five petabytes of storage for the digitization of your life. I I think you'll barely notice a difference. You know what I think? No, sir. I think you're trying to clear out a working-class planet. You know, then the company is just going to swoop in here and develop the shit out of this place. Uh, Sir, please, if I could just explain... Not it? Okay. Maybe it's a resource grab. I assure you that we're not hiding anything. Transparency is one of the main pillars of our organization. Yeah, okay, you little plane shifter. I'm sorry? Didn't think I knew about that, did you? 
Huh? Uh, I'm not sure what you're talking about. Don't play dumb with me, Scales. I know about everything. The lizards, the octos, everything's under your slimy, scaly little thumbs. Uh, I can practically hear you smelling for my weaknesses with that pitchfork uh, tongue. Terrence, if you could just calm down, I can assure See, you that... You knew my name. It's on my screen. We have the names of all the residents. Don't listen. This doesn't just happen, okay? The plans don't just collapse. Now without help, so you tell your chameleon cronies, no deal. Hello? Hello? As in the previous real-life call, resonants may accuse you of lying. This is common. In these situations, be confident. The information provided to you is sound. Here's another real-life call. Anger. If you close your eyes and think about space, what do you think of? Um, used to live in a city that discovered uh, Pluto. It was a dark sky city, and every time you looked up, you could actually see um, the Milky Way. And it's it's breathtaking to look at it, but, you know, for me, it's just something that still, like, doesn't necessarily seem real. Which is why I uh, just get, I don't know, I, I kind of love hearing these imagined worlds that happen there. Because mm. it just feels like a fantasy place. Uh, okay. Oof, I need to take this. Sorry, two seconds. I'll call you back. Are you Martin? Ja, du, jag sitter i ett möte. Jag trodde det var något annat. Du, kan du ringa lite senare? Tack, är du snäll. Tack. Hej, 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 hej. That was fast. Sorry. Um... So you've been listening to Serendipity, which is a podcast produced by me, Martin Johnson, and you. And Hepperman. And the guy you just heard. Nick White. Pays his money from KCRW's independent radio producer project. Mm-hmm. And the Sarah Awards is part of Sarah Lawrence College. Woo! Go Griffins! School's back. Or but how do you end this? How do you end this? I, I'm so tired. I haven't slept for a couple of days. Oh. There's no sleeping in space. There's no sleeping. No sleeping in space. Okay. Yeah. So I guess this will never end. No. Good night. And good. Here, luck. Wait. I got it. I got it. Do like a space. Use like a do do like a, a, a space sound effect that'll get us out. Like. Oh.